Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. What is happening here on a Tuesday? And Jackson, you got to think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's all one big day. What I, you know, what I call August for like, we'll say sometime in December. One big day. Sure, it's your your personal sports nightmare, <laughs> boredom. Oh, it's good. It's good, but it's just one big day. Mm. And so uh, it's just longer than twenty four hours. Count up the hours. Just rolls right into the next. You know what else I love about this time of year, especially because in August everything gets launched. You're tinkering. The word for Aaron Schachter is tinkering. I stay tinkering, though. Yes. Uh, it's Casey not Casey Kurtz will, will know this. Like, he sees you tinkering. You talk about tinkering. You are Tinker Bell. Oh, I like that. And I like that. for the word for us this time of year, uh, or the way I call it, and a buddy of mine uh, down at Jags calls it, we call it action. And, okay. like, you can feel like when there's action. You know yeah, this because it's, it's a little buzzy. Yeah. Yeah. It's bu- like there's something going on, mm. right? There's. Like, so in my world, obviously in this world now, we, we try to sell stuff on occasion here. Yeah. Right? So I'm even into that a little bit, not like full guy, sales guy, but sometimes. <laughs> and so that's called action, right? Yeah. When we try to revamp the show a little bit and we got some things happening, it's called action. When we're trying to, like in TV land, especially doing this right now, trying to get guests on our shows, our Monday Jags Report Live and our Thursday, which we just inked Josh Allen on Jaguars All Access. Sweet, that's a big At get. Spring Sports Brewery, yeah, so... That's called action. And so today was like an action-packed day. Nice. Like, because you throw stuff out there, it's like a what, and then all of a sudden you get the emails coming back. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's over. Get rid of that action. Or some are like, okay, where do we go next? And the where do we go next creates more action. So I like it. That's what gets me, gets me kind of jazzed up. It gives up. you some purpose, right? Like you're, you're going out and doing something today. You're not yeah. waiting for the day to come to you. You're going out and, and getting it. Yeah. And, and like being in the building, too, like a... Just see some folks. Haven't seen them in a while. Seems like there are more people back in the building at times. If you catch them on the right day, there's a little action there, too. Yeah, man. So, anyway, I'm feeling it. Your idea of action and my idea of action might be two different things. Sure. But (laughs) but a little bit. Both might be good. I I would agree with that statement. (laughs) Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Where's the Casey meter at today? Good question. I think after yesterday, I decided I was going to wait to be spoken to before I wade into those waters. So Should I bring Casey into the show today or I'm not? In, I'm in the dark. Hmm. He's yeah, grabbing his grabbing mic, mic, everybody. He's grabbing the microphone. Hold is on. he going to talk in the microphone? Is he going to save it until Come 6 on, o'clock Casey. at Action Sports Shacks OT? What's happening, Casey Kurtz? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for matching it, my energy. Way to go. A lot of energy to start Tuesday yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Casey's known for. He's he's known for bringing the energy, showering in the dark, <laughs> and lusting after the Tampa Bay Rays, despite the <laughs> nice abuse they last night. Out. By the way, Yankees in trouble. Ten out of twelve. Oh, they've lost. Man, how great is that? Woo. Nothing feels better to me than when the Yankees are losing. It is the best. Usually that's the case for me, too. Uh, they're going to be just fine, by the way. They're going to the playoffs. I realize so, like, you, got a buddy, you got a buddy who's on the base pass. I'm going to be careful just in I case he's it. listening. Sure. Like, I don't want to lose a friendship over this. Yeah. Well, look, Aaron says it's great when the Yankees suck. <laughs> a lot of people do. A lot of people agree. Uh, by the way, I got off the phone with Mama Martino, and she dropped something on me. Like I was like, holy cow, I can't believe you just said this. Right? So Mom is not like a major sports fan. Okay. 
But mom pays attention. Like, she's like, she watches the local news all the time. So it's probably whatever they're saying on back at WPRI, my own place in Providence, Rhode Island. So she knows the big headlines. Yeah. Uh, although even when I was on WPRI, she was still watching the other station. Oh, no. Because she was so used to watching the other station. How come she couldn't support her baby boy? It's amazing. At times she would. I mean, she would, but then I'd still find, like, a, I'd be like, Mom, what's this channel doing on? It's amazing. You know what? I can't, I can't even pretend. Not only does my mother or my father, no one in my family listens to me on the radio, <laughs> but my <laughs> wife doesn't either. And... When I go to the dentist, he's playing the competitor, too. Even though he knows what I do for a living. We talk about it all the time. Oh, the dentist. Yeah. He's a family dentist. Been in the family for my wife's family for almost three generations now. And he's playing somebody else? He's playing another station. I'm like, Bobby. Like, we talk about my job. Oh, can't you just turn it on for when I'm coming in so you make me feel better about it? <laughs> I know. It. Jeez. And the, I mean, it's, it really sucks when family doesn't even watch. <laughs> Well, sometimes, like, I'd rather my wife not listen. Then I, then I could be a little more honest about some of this stuff. Uh, the It's funny you say that because I was on a walk with Steph again today. Oh, one of those workout walks. Yeah. And she, got another one in. All right. She sits on your back when you do the push-ups? <laughs> yeah, no, she does not. I'm wondering what she does while um, you're there doing your planks and push-ups. And, and so no, she's just standing there, really. She's guarding. She, she's my bodyguard. She's she trying to no, motivate no, you? No motivation. Lower she's using her phone. Lower. But anyway, Better she's like. I, I so I say to her, uh, I said, yeah, you could have like, could have sent the police yesterday for assault, like to blah 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 our address. She's like, you said our address. <laughs> I was like, Steph, are you kidding me? She said, yep. I was like, do you really think I said <laughs> yeah, our address? I did. Yes. And uh, I mean, probably can find it, but I, did you really think I said no? <laughs> and so, but it is funny now, like the kids and, and Steph, like when something happens, like. You're going to say that on the radio, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. that's yep. the job. That is the job. That's what you married, Steph. You are part of the content committee. Yes. That's what I tell my family. Talk about you. Talk about you. Talk about, you don't want to be talked about? Don't cross me. It's better that, like, oh, do me wrong. I think it's better that the family back home doesn't listen because sometimes they'd probably get more offended. I think Steph and the kids now understand, like, it's they're just part of it. Well, that's like, don't take it personal. You don't have to fire all for divorce, Steph, <laughs> but you're probably going to get dinged a little bit. I've called her mentally weak on oh, on radio. Jeez, the fact that you would repeat that <laughs> shows me the real testicular fortitude you're working with. I hide nothing. Man, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Anyway, I thought when you said Mama Martino was calling, it was about uh, the wedding from a few weeks ago, but apparently that's no, in the books. No, actually, no, that's in the books. I haven't even talked to my sister other than a text or two. Hope it went well. And then they went on their honeymoon to Key West. Didn't stop on by Jacksonville, though. Why would anyway, that? You didn't go to their wedding. That's a good point. Uh, did so, but so mom is not a. Let's get back to this. Mom yeah. is not a big sports fan, right? But she tries, like especially with the Jags. Like okay. mom's super positive. Like you wonder where Sunshine Rainbows came from. Mom is <laughs> where it came from. She'll see the sunny side of things. Okay, and or wants us to at least. Perfect. I'm not sure and she always will, quite frankly, but she wants us to. Okay, and uh, so she was. Oh, every time, like, Jack, she's like, don't worry, they're going to turn around. Don't worry, they'll win this week. Don't worry, they'll, you know, whatever. And so she's become kind of a Jags fan. Like, I get her a sweatshirt, and she's she'll root against the Patriots as a Jags fan nice. if they were playing and, right. and that kind of thing. But to listen to her talk sports sometimes, it's kind of like it's fun. a little out of whack. It's like a, right? listening to a kid talk about the economy or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it can be a little bit like that. So so today I'm telling her, actually, the story of, of Travis Chapman, who lives okay. in the neighborhood. And I, would, I was like, she'll appreciate this story. I think she'll like it because she was talking about the Red Sox. She was actually talking. She brings up Chris Sale. And she's okay. like, that kid who hasn't, like, played in, like, two years now. What's he doing? Like, why is he falling off a bike? 
This so, is what my mom says. Why why didn't they check them for balance or something? <laughs> so is she is she just trying to make conversation with you or is she curious? Yeah, I think she's a little bit curious how sometimes like uh how I'm gonna how I think about a situation. Yeah, so I think she's asking. And so then she brought up the Yankees. She's like, Yeah, they're struggling this week. Uh, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, Wow. Like she's really paying attention. Now in Rhode Island they do talk Yankees a lot because we have a ton of Yankees fans. Oh really? Well a ton of Italian people and when like Joe DiMaggio in the fifties, like that was okay. a big deal. I like, was just you know it is not a lot of Yankees there though. Oh You're no, still, it's it's unbearable yeah. at times. Like there are so many Yankees fans wow. in Rhode Island. Wow, wow. It's weird. I mean, we're 45 minutes from Boston, but little little Italy, if you will. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and that was a big part of it. And, of course, the Yankees were great for, you know, for a generation growing up back in the Mantle DiMaggio days. But that's where it came from. Uh, probably everybody that, like, participated in the mafia liked the Yankees. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, she moves on to the Mets. Nice. She's got some taste. I've never heard my mom talk about the Mets ever. Let's go, Mets go. She's like, and how about the Mets? She's like, they keep getting these injuries, but they keep winning. They battle through it. Casey, let's get Mama like, Martin on the phone. How does mom know about the Mets? Like, that is a never, like, that is far beyond her scope. We should scratch Passan from the uh, interview segment today. Let's get <laughs> Mama Martin on the phone. Let's talk to her about the Mets pitching. I show. have never heard. I was like, is this really happening? Aaron, did you? Talk to my mom? I recently. I did actually have a conversation with your mom, but it was just to get an invite to the next wedding. It had nothing to do with the Mets. <laughs> They're looking for people. Now that yeah. I didn't go. Well, I'm going to take your seat because they already had the plate. They thought you were going to come. By the way, the rate my family's going right now, there might be more weddings. <laughs> I can't talk. I'd be up to number three, so I'm right there. Like, do you, family members, big sports fans for you? No, none of them. Like, my dad couldn't be further away from sports. He was like a... Like an art and computer geek. My mom is a math nerd. She was never into sports. She married a guy who was into sports. That's how I originally got into sports. But no one in my family really likes sports. My grandfather was a big baseball fan. Big Mets fan. Casey. Big sports fans? My dad is, yeah. Just Chip. him? Mm-hmm. Chip a Rays fan? Uh, my dad's a Cubs fan. Oh, all right. My grandpa thinks NASCAR's rigged. <laughs> my well, he's not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said anything, so I felt like I need to continue. But uh, yeah, well, that's, that's it. Like, we're not like, looking for one-word answers here. You're part of the show. That's what, all. That's all I got for you. More. You have no other family members. Wait, hold on. I kind of want to hear about Grandpa's NASCAR uh, conspiracy theory. Does he have a whole theory on it, or is he just like it's rigged and he won't watch it? Uh, no, he'll still watch it even though it's rigged. But <laughs> I don't. There is a conspiracy. I don't know what it is. Like this was before my time, but I do know that anytime my mom and like we go up there. Uh, he'll she'll bring up NASCAR because my dad used to work in NASCAR, and then he'll be like, "Oh, it's rigged." Okay. I'm just like, "Oh, okay." So there is a backstory. I don't. I was gonna know. say he used to work in it. Maybe he knows maybe more he than knows <laughs> maybe he's the guy putting the governor on those engines. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, it's always been a fascinating thing. Like my, they don't not like sports, but they are not sports fans. Oh, because you seem like your immediate family, Steph and the kids. You're a sports family. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. totally different. So usually, sports Steph, families come from sports. Steph's families. dad is a big sports fan. All right. Um. But, yeah, from an immediate standpoint. Now, you go Cousins. Again, we had a bunch of Yankees fans in my family. Uh, we don't like them. No. And but my, my grandfather, like, would talk sports. Like, he would watch Notre Dame, like, and, and other sports. Oh, but like big national But he wouldn't, he's not raising the pom-poms, okay. you know? So it's really a weird thing that I like sports as much as I did. Now, it's not weird that, like, Ty and Kaylee like it because of Steph and I. Yeah, you guys raised so, on it, yeah. But, and, and that's how fandom starts, right, in the sure, house. Sure, But now one thing the kids made a choice is they were like, 
We're not going to be Red Sox. I don't like any of the teams you like. And you think that's on purpose because you guys do? Like, they just want to be individuals? I don't really understand that. Well, the whole thing, I mean, I just think you, like, Ty especially, like, Kaylee doesn't really have a team from a baseball standpoint. It's all about baseball where I told them, like, hey, you, got, you go into your room if you root for the Yankees. <laughs> and that stuck. Like, they didn't root for the Yankees. That was good parenting. Uh, but then one day, like, the Rays were playing the Red Sox, and I walk in, and Ty's like, the Rays beat the Red Sox, and he got all excited about it. And I think from that moment on, he was like, okay, I'm going to be a Rays fan. I was I like, get- poor kid. <laughs> I guess I wanted to be a Rays fan, though, because he can claim it. It's home. Yeah, they right? can claim it. It's a Florida thing. Yeah. So, wow. and of course, they grew up in a different area, so they can claim some of that. Yeah. For a little bit, Kaylee was a Florida State fan because Ty was a Gator, so she just wanted to be different. I, I get that, But too. I can't say that she, like, loves Florida State. <laughs> right. But uh, around here, she does. She listens to ESPN 690. Sweet. She doesn't. All right, never mind. <laughs> Ty's the only one. Ty will listen to your little clips that you push out. Yeah. Like, he's a real guy. Well, that's who I'm targeting. Jump on once in a while. I'm targeting that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Brent Morton, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Other than that, our family doesn't listen, so thank goodness you do <laughs> from time to time. You are our family. Yeah, man. We care more about you. You know listen. what that means, listener. That means you got to go with Brent on his walks every day and sit on his back when he's doing the push-ups. And don't and invite me to your wedding. Don't invite him to the wedding because he's going to make you spend money on a plate. He's not going to eat it. Hey, the Jags uh, in the stadium last night, and uh, I saw kind of the same old story from camp. I think the one thing that's starting to, well, actually, I shouldn't say the same old story. We talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show. I think the Shatley-Barch thing is all of a sudden interesting. Starting to blow up a little bit? Well, I think I think keep an eye on it because that has emerged mm-hmm. out of camp. Like, that wasn't a topic when camp started. So if you look at stories that have emerged since camp started, that will now be one of them. And... I really think Zay Jones is the second one. I mean, Zay Jones is a big story here. And then there's a third story that I don't know if we could put too much stock in yet, but it's starting to bubble up. Uh, and by the way, I, I should, the headline of camp has been the kickers, you know, leading up to all right. this. So it's a deeper dive. But the third one now is becoming the running game. I told you guys this, uh, or maybe I said it on TV, but I think I told you yesterday too. The one thing that this, the coaching staff and others weren't that, happy with the other night while everybody else was kind of jumping for joy over the first team, including myself, was the running game, the hitting the holes, you know, yeah. the, the you know, between the tackles stuff. They yeah. saw a moment or two from ETN, uh, but it could go to show they're missing James Robinson. A little bit. And they, you know, James Robinson's going to be their top guy. They've, like, that's a thing. Internally, that's, that was the case way back in the spring and as they broke for summer. And now it might look like they really need him to be that guy until ETN kind of gets more comfortable in the NFL. And you can use ETN in so many different ways. So yeah, I guess that I, would be my question to you. When you say top guy, are you talking lead running back or the guy who'll be out there for more snaps than the other? Uh, I'd say the lead running back like Belkow. Okay. Because it's just a different style. You want to be effective. You want to be a threat to right. You want to be able to get third and two. Uh, they had a third and three before the touchdown. They weren't able to really move the pile much. And I think that's the kind of play they're talking about. Right. So uh, I think those are three stories that are emerging a little bit. The left guard position, Shatley and Barch. Zay Jones, to me, has really emerged as a big-time story. Like, I kind of forgot him going into camp. The three-year, $24 million deal. You got all this other stuff with Ingram and ETN coming back. And obviously Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. All the pieces on defense. Christian Kirk. And then, oh, yeah, look who's... Maybe been like one of the stars, maybe the star. Yeah. So far as we enter the middle of August, it's Zay Jones, and then that last part is is the running game. So um, there's probably some other things like quietly emerging internally, but I think uh, 
I think from the outside looking in, those are stories that we, I would say, weren't really there to start camp. And now here we are as we're about to break camp with the last two practices, Wednesday, Thursday at Episcopal, that those are now something to keep a real big eye on on Saturday night and into the regular season. So break this down for me because we're not necessarily talking depth chart in the wide receiver room in terms of Zay Jones really busting through becoming the story at camp. But if we were looking at target choices for Trevor, right, first and foremost, we want Christian Kirk to end up being one of those guys, right? So maybe he's the number one target you're throwing to as the quarterback, but where does Zay Jones land on that list with Ingram, with Marvin Jones, with Etienne Robinson when he gets healthy? Where does Zay Jones fit in there? It's a good call. Uh, where do you think he'll end up fitting in there if things progress the way they are? It's really the other, the better question. I think Trevor had uh, 300 and like, I want to say 40-something completions last year. So let's just work with that number. Let's just say he's got 350 completions this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's going to throw more or less. Doug Peterson likes to throw it, but you're not maybe behind as much, you hope, so you don't have to throw it as much. We'll see. Let's just, but it was a team record, I believe, 340 whatever completions, if I have that number right. And so you start breaking up because I'm like, all of a sudden I can see Marvin Jones and Christian Kirk, but you got to go by numbers. Sure. Like how many footballs do you have to throw around? Well, you, in my estimation, you might have 350 of them. To, and maybe even closer to 400 if his, his percentage is better. So in this scenario, what are you giving to Christian Kirk, 90? Well, I think you hope that Kirk is like an 85 catch guy. Let's, right. let's, let's keep it within five off the top. Okay. So now you're at 265. And Marvin Jones is like, he was an 80 guy last year, and he almost didn't even notice it. I think he's like penciled in probably in this offense to be like a 65 catch guy. Okay, 65 off the top. Now you're at 200. I'd really like Casey. Can you help us out here with this math? Some receptions for the backs, maybe give you us know a who had the most. Like, what was the distribution last year for the Jags? Even if we don't, if we take a commercial break to figure that out, it'll be nice to measure up with my math I'm about to do. Uh, see, I think Ingram becomes a high volume pass catcher for the Jags. What's high volume for the tight end, though? Because normally for Ingram. High volume would be 60 to 70 catches. But and I'm going to think that okay. uh, because that would put him, again, if he catches 65 passes, that's the most in franchise history. Yeah, so, so let's put him at 65. Top too. All right, so we'll take 65 more off the top. Now you're talking about 135. What did you ask me? Yeah, I was just saying, like, who had the most catches last year? Like, how many? 73. Okay, then, like, who, who was Vizca, next? 63. Then Treadwell with 33, so it drops off pretty quick. What about the what about Robinson? 31. Is that it? Your prior had like 80. I feel like Etienne could go at least for like 50 receptions if they use him in that passing game. Let's be a little more conservative and say 40. 44 Etienne. And let's say another 40 for Chenault. And then another 40 for Visca. Now you're down to 55 receptions for the field or Zay Jones. Oh, I haven't even put Zay Jones in. No. This is what I'm saying. Like, at some point... You know, you're feeding your beasts. Well, because I'm not even including, like, James will catch a pass or two, right? Sure. Man hurts will, too. And I'm not even including Dan Arnold, who I love. Agnew. Like, the Treadwells, the Agnews. Like, I almost think that 55 is reserved for everyone else. So where are you finding Zay Jones? I think you paid com- him $8 million, so are you- I think it comes off Marvin. Casey. Yeah, probably could. Casey, what's uh, Zay Jones' career high? Why is LaVisca going to catch 40 passes? I'm confused by that. Yeah, it might be not. And, and maybe I got to oh, – I just want to see where I put this. While he's looking for that, the reason I go Marvin first is because Marvin and Zay Jones almost play a similar role on that outside. Yeah, but you need both. You need two guys. Fair. 
but I think he's going to throw to one more than the other, right? And I, I would think it would be the younger guy who just, you know, who's been lighted up in camp. Let's Although Marvin Zay, was the guy last year. What if so. we did this? We give Zay the 40 catches for, for LaVisca, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, so we have 55 left over, and right. that's Dan Arnold, that's LaVisca, that's Treadwell, that's James, that's Manhurts, that's Agnew. Is that enough to go around? I mean, that's an average of nine receptions a player. Obviously, they're not all going to have the same. Some will have higher than others. But it seems somewhat low. I mean, LaVisca Chanel, I think, even in this offense, even as a fourth guy, is going to catch more than nine passes this year. Yeah, you that's know? what I'm saying. Like, so, but will Man Hurts catch, you know, 20? Casey, what was his career high? Do you 57. know? 57. 57? Mm-hmm. Boy, the, the way this connection is, you're I mean, almost going to do like 60 catches for him right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe you got to move that 350 number up a little bit. Well, and that's fair because, again, the percentage was low. Mm-hmm. Like, He's going to be a better percentage guy this year, you would think, yeah. Tre- uh, Trevor will, yeah. which would bump it up probably to like a 380 maybe number. But I just don't know because of how much did he throw. Uh, be- you know, he threw a ton in like the Houston game to start. Nobody wants to – you don't want to throw 51 times against Houston. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, the headline here volumes about <clears throat> how can you get Christian Kirk 85, how can you get Marvin his because he catches that many every year, like 60 catches at least, yeah. and how do you get Zay Jones 60 catches – and Ingram and Arnold and ETN and I mean it's a again you can't not everybody can have a career year. No, you're right. And there's going to be some injuries in there too. Like I mean, what's the chances that every one of those guys very lasts the year? Very small. But it, maybe it's more of a position group thing. But the way this thing's looking right now, I would pencil Kirk as my top pass catcher. I still think Ingram and and is probably number two here. Makes sense. And then I think Zay Jones might be the third guy. That'll be something to watch for for sure. Because Marvin was the guy. Like he was the target. Last and I'm not year. sleeping on Marvin because I think Marvin finds a way. And again, he might be the guy that's open because everybody else is getting some attention. Possible too. He's uh, he's still got the legs on him, even though he's getting up there. I wonder what they would put these numbers at. <laughs> We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Everything's been as anticipated other than kind of flipping the script today, you know, practicing tonight. Uh, everything we've done, um, we've, we've kept right to the, right to the schedule uh, on all the practices, the, the length of time. Uh, the only thing I've done, I think, if anything, it's subtle, probably – to y'all is just increase the number of reps that the ones get during practice. I've increased that just a little bit. Started last week. Um, we'll do that again this week. But other than that, we've stayed true to form. That is a Doug Peterson. Dougie! And they'll get those ones in there a little bit more than last week against the Steelers. And this will be, I think, the final test. Uh, maybe you get the right tackle guys or a Shatley and a Barch or some of these other players out there against Atlanta. But I would think that's going to be a game that they're not going to risk too much, especially after having two good practices against the Falcons. Sure. Uh, which a lot of coaches now believe. I think I saw this out of Belichick today, too, because they have joint practices with Carolina. Yeah, that was making headlines today, too. Where they feel like they get more out of the joint practices. From the practices joint practices, Because yeah. they can set up the scenarios. That makes sense. And it's still physical. But but So that's the thing, right? This is now the second grouping of joint practices this week that resulted in a pretty big fight. Today's fight between the, was I guess, the Patriots and the Panthers. Yeah, it was Patriots-Panthers. Yeah, Man, that was like every guy on both teams in the middle of the field. It was a rough one. I think uh, last night, by the way, Treadwell and Claybrooks got into it a couple mm-hmm. of times. You might have seen the tweets. And that got intense for a bit a on family bit. night. 
out there. <laughs> family versus family on family night. And coaches don't mind that stuff. As long as it doesn't as, become yeah, a melee. Right. You know, and boil over. And sometimes those things boil over. Like, I've covered this thing long enough to know. Sometimes those boil over into the locker room. And they were heated. Like, for whatever reason, they were heated. What do you think is the most common reason that's? Is it usually like a young guy trying to show improve and a veteran is like, what are you trying to do, hurt somebody out here? Yeah, but they're both, they're not, they would both fit in more of the veteran category. Clay Brooks has been around a bit now. A lot of times it's based on just being, like, tired and fatigued and, and the monotony of camp and the heat down here. What's crazy about all that is they had just basically had a couple of days off. Yep. They were under the lights, which was a beautiful evening last night. So you had none of those elements because they even broke up the monotony and they were inside the stadium. But it was a live practice. And so, you know, you that could have been, hey, you did this and I didn't like it because yeah. don't get us hurt during this, you know, mm-hmm. even though we're, we're hitting. I have no idea. Or trying to show people up or whatever, lack of respect. Um, but anyway, just I think those are good. And uh, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a big deal. I just think, hey, it's in football. Two people, so, it's a violent game. I think you're going to get that. So a few weeks we ago. We get that in here sometimes. <laughs> and we yeah, don't we even hit it. each other. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> we, uh, I, I asked you a couple of weeks ago about if you thought it was possible, based on the last CBA and the direction the trends are going, if we were going to see preseason go away in terms of those games. You guys both resoundingly thought that was a no. What about shifting from the games to just multiple joint practices? Uh, Do you see a benefit there, or is it just more of the same? Well, I think that's what these guys have tried to manufacture, doing more joint. There are some that do two in a month and then probably wouldn't play their guys as much. Yeah. So I think that has shifted over. Uh, you're not going to get rid of the games because of the gates. Like, we're at the yeah, games. We're, we're going to yeah. get the three games. Yeah. That, that's it. And unless they unless go to they 18 and two at some point. Regular season. But that's like a 10-year CBA away type of conversation yeah and i just don't see that i think we're settled on 17 and 3 until like i die you know i mean i don't think i'm gonna see anything different i don't too many more of those morning walks with push-ups that might not be too far too many more yellow flies i gotta get a concussion after getting smacked to the head um but i don't think we're gonna see much more of that but i do think you can negotiate the preseason in different ways we've mentioned the rams they don't play anybody or like josh allen for the bills might not play at all last year he played like the last half of the last game um the jags are playing more guys so it just depends but you have to find somebody who's compatible with the way your way of thinking yeah i believe like another team another yeah front office yeah. And, and who feels the same way so you can go get stuff done sure um and that takes relationships as well so honestly i don't know fully how atlanta came together with the jags if it was just convenient they knew they were going to play them um or if something arthur smith and doug peterson I just remember Doug telling me down at the NFL owners' meetings about it. Uh, that was when we first told everybody. But they had already worked it out. Yeah, yeah so they were just like, hey, we, we know we're playing Atlanta in the preseason. This makes sense. And it really made sense for the Jags this year more than any because they're at Episcopal. They don't really have their home field to even practice on. So I think we'll continue to see it. Hey, uh, I want to go back to this catches stuff. Let's just say we have, again, we have 380 to work with. All right, we're up to 380 now. Got it. All right, we're going to go with 380. And so we have Kirk at 85. Did you write some of this down? Zay Jones. I'm going to give Zay 65 and Marvin Jones 60. I'm going to flip them. Oh, okay. So this is the year, the breakout year, the flip-flop. But I'm down to 170 at this point. I'm also giving Ingram 65. Evan Ingram at 65. That's a lot of good years for receivers on this team right now. I'm going to give Travis 40. 
285. You got 85 on Kirk, 65 on Zay, 60 on Marvin, 65 on Ingram, 40 on Travis. How much is that? I went and messed it up. 165. Minus 30 That's is 135. Uh, no, it's more than that. That's up to like 315, isn't it? Come on, 85, 65, 65, 60, and 40. Oh, <laughs> math on air. This, this is math. It's hard, man. This is really 65, hard. 65, 60, 65, and 40. We're down. Oh, it did it again. 315. I already figured it out. I'm nice. good at math. Okay, 315. Right. It can't be. So if we have 380, it That's is. 215. You started at 385. Yeah. 380. No, we're up to three. We started at 380. Right. You took 85 for Christian Kirk. That's 295. Yeah. So you said 280. You meant 180. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, I know we have we have basically what's going to end up with. All right. Okay. This is going to end up with 65 catches for the rest of the team. Okay. You do the math. And Casey, what I want to know from you. How are you picking the... If you had to pick Jags in fantasy, how are you picking the Jags? Is Kirk your top pick? No. ETN. Yeah, because the ability to run the ball. Okay. Uh, if you're playing PPR. But let's just talk receiving options here that aren't well, that's okay. Guys. I don't mind going ETN, but you also know he's not going to get 85. You don't think he's getting 85 catches, you know? Um, now, Kamara in the past, by the way, has, if you want to compare him to Kamara. I think he's had up around 65, 70, yeah, up to 80 catcher catches. in the past. Sure. But after that, from a receiver standpoint, you could include Ingram in the fold. Casey, where are you going? Kirk. Kirk over Ingram. Yeah. Then what? It, Keep going. Ingram, Zay Jones, nobody else. I wouldn't even slightly look at anybody else. All right. So that's kind of, we're in the ballpark of where they would sit on the chart of how you, most people would kind of see them picked. Hmm. What's it's interesting is I'm not sure two weeks ago if we asked this question is if Zay Jones would even get picked. Do you think he would? I think in deeper leagues he gets picked. 12-team leagues, he gets picked. I mean, any guy you're predicting to have 60 receptions as a wide receiver is getting picked. But to that point, if Ingram lives up to his 65-catch uh, forecast or prediction that you're laying out, He's not one of the later tight ends picked. He's in the top 10. At 65 catches, he'd be a top 10 guy? Oh, yeah. I guess it all depends on touchdowns. It really does. You know? It really does. I mean, especially from that position. At 65 catches. A lot catches, of guys that catch 65 passes. Not at tight, tight ends. End. I'm just okay. saying overall. I was going to say, at so 65 passes. Matter. I mean, you know, touchdowns matter. Chances are you're over 700 yards, too. I mean, that's a, that's a good year for a tight end. I'm going to go. I just want to see if our completions list is in a... Is in at least the the realm? Yeah. Like what other quarterbacks were hitting 385 of their passes? So like Brady at 485, Herbert 443, Mahomes 436, Carr 428. I mean, Carr's a pretty good one here in this. But the, he throws a lot. I know. I'm just, well, who's okay. Peterson's going to throw a lot. Who's, you know? down, who's down in the, the, the upper three? I think going. Prescott, Allen, Stafford, all over 400. Then right. you get Roethlisberger. He threw a lot. He more did. than he should have. There would be uh, Matt Ryan at 375 he throws completions. a lot. Okay, so there it is. So Matt Ryan last year at 375. Cousins at 372, and so they also have a good back. So, like, that's in that realm. Aaron Rodgers just 366, believe it or not. Yeah, Cousins was the first quarterback on and that list. The same. Out of the top tier on a decent team. Yeah, so talking Matt Trevor Ryan on the Falcons. And Trevor at 359, by the way. Yeah, I think Trevor on a good year that focuses on the pass, like you think Dougie will. 
Uh, you're talking maybe 400 completions. Yeah, well. so so through, um, what I'm trying to get at is we're not out of the realm of possibilities with our 380. Yeah. Like, that's a decent ballpark yeah, to be. Yeah, I think it's conservative, actually, yeah. And and so now you so we have 380 footballs to go around, and they end up in those guys' hands the amount of times we, we divvied it up. It'd be very interesting to see. Uh, we got to write this down. It's not a bet bucket game. But it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. It could out. be a bet bucket. If, if you committed to it, it could be a bet bucket. And, and by the way, like, we are now bullish on Zay Jones is really the moral of the story. This is how we got here. Like, I just, I didn't honestly know where Zay Jones fit. I'm more bullish on a guy like Chenault coming into the season that he bounces back and has a better year. Interesting. Than I was Zay Jones coming in. Just didn't know a lot about him. I mean, clearly the front office was sweet on him. Well, they, they were, they were enough to him. go 324, but some. Listen, there's been a lot of bad free agent signings over the years, too. Yeah, like, but it never starts out that way, right? Like, they never target the guy they don't think is going to work out. I know, but you can fall in love with some. I think there are still people inside the organization like, why do we pay three years, $24 million to Zay Jones? Yeah. I, I, think that, I think it was a bit of a head-scratcher. And the way I always said it was, I thought it was a head-scratcher relative to, why not just give DJ Chark, like, one year $12 million? Yeah. And yeah, see what you get out of him. Well, he's going to get a lot more than that from Detroit or whoever else. He well, is. he only got a one-year deal. I think his deal was like one year, ten million. Yeah, he ended up million. taking the prove it deal. Yeah. So that's where the whole Zay Jones. So it's not a knock on Zay. I just don't think we know a lot about him. The point and the moral of the whole story is to start here on a Tuesday is that Zay Jones has emerged as like the story of camp in many ways. Will that translate into the regular season? And if it does, the way he's open, the way it looks like he's got a good rapport right now with Trevor Lawrence and the confidence is building, that he could easily be a 60-catch guy plus for this Jags offense, which would, I think, give him a career high. I think his last year was 57 or a career high is 57. I can't remember what Casey told me, but um, 57 was kind of that magic number. So that would be unexpected. Yeah. It'd also be the highest up on the target list and depth chart that he's probably been in his short career. Well, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he's... But if he's growing, if he's developing, that's where he's got to go. Nowhere but up. Yeah. Um, So we'll see what happens. But uh, that's how we divvy it up. We'll see if we're right when uh, the season rolls around. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Tuesday. Jags day off today. Uh, they'll get back at it tomorrow morning for practice and then Thursday as well. And then that's it for Episcopal Saturday night inside the stadium against the Steelers next week in Atlanta. So that's what it looks like. We just did the um, numbers breakdown for the receivers. Oof. Brain's fried after all that math. <laughs> A couple of comments. We got a listener who used to be a bank analyst. He goes, you're telling me mathing is hard, man. Just <laughs> listening to you hurts. Uh, I like simple math. It was funny, and I did this when I was back in school. My kids now are taking uh, stats. Okay. And I, I said, oh, I'll take stats. I don't think you understood what you were saying. No. <laughs> my wife's a math teacher and hates stats. Yeah. It can be frustrating. So let's name it something different. <laughs> You don't want to get a But they should have, like, a stats class would be awesome. It's now called analytics, by the way. Right. Like, that'd be great. I think there's, I think Syracuse does a, an analytic major. Really? Now. Pretty sure. That's cool. Um, 
It might not be Syracuse, but I feel like I've heard that, and I'm sure they're not the only one. I just I think I've heard Syracuse has done it. But uh, analytics is a big part of the game now. Oh, yeah, but also one of those uh, professions that's going to go the way of the dodo in the next couple of years based on computers and algorithms and all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you still need people to interpret it. To tell the story, Yeah, but finding the story is now happening automatically. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, although a lot of these people that are, you know, I, Tony Khan started his own analytics company. You know, and did not know obviously that. very smart guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one time, I believe, you know, you got Tony and then you had uh, part of their department and their team was like one of the guys was from Harvard. You know, so it's like what's that? A lot of brain power. Is some community That's college or something? <laughs> yeah, for some. Uh, but it was a lot of brain power behind digging into the analytics. Now, I I don't know if that's still the case. Like I don't, I think the interpretation of them and the the use of them becomes how do you do it? Yeah. I think people in sports are still trying to figure that out. Look, it's All not just sports. Board. You work in this media building, this media company. Yeah. They love analytics as well, yeah. man. I, I made that my uh, I made my career on some of that a couple of years. Absolutely. Back. Hey, let's go to the line. And Stevens calling in, uh, probably from his truck in the road. Haven't talked to him in a while. What's happening, Stephen? Hey, not too much, Brent. How you doing? Hey, Crystal clear. What'd you do? Call off today? <laughs> I'm not on the highway. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, my, my main thing is I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, for this matchup Saturday and kind of looking towards the future, I mean, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin unwrapped this new toy of George Pickens, and I want to see the matchup between him and his fellow teammate Tyson Gamble. And not just for Saturday, like I said. I'm talking for the future because you got two teammates that played against each other on the practice field at Georgia, and now they end up on opposite sides of two teams that have probably been in the biggest rivalry since Jacksonville inception. And I think I, I'm just looking forward to the matchup between those two. Yeah, I think that's a good call, man. Thanks for calling in. Uh, you know, George Pickens was a guy that I think a lot of people would have been okay with if the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up with Pickens in that second round slot before they moved up for Devin Lloyd, we wondered if they would move up and go grab one of the best receivers on the board that could be left for Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, or if they sat tight in the second round, they really, I forget what the Jags were picking down in the second round. Maybe it was like, uh, oh no, would have been, were they picking 33rd again, Casey? Yeah, they must have been because they had the number one pick. So yeah, they would have been picking 33rd and they could have sat there and, and taken Pickens easily. And I don't think anybody would have blinked an eye. I think a lot of people would have liked it. Now, he had a great debut last week. Pickens did. Yeah. And so Pickens versus Campbell, I think, is, is that's a really good storyline for Saturday early in this game. Yeah, and, you won't see it too long, but it would certainly well, be something to Well, I think you might see on. it into the second quarter. And I do think of, I mean, you guys follow the fantasy football end of this better. Uh, some of these draft picks that were picked, you actually brought this up on our group text today, but I'm talking from a, like a receiver standpoint, especially the lineman guys are a little trickier, um, but maybe even so, like Hutchinson and, and Walker are certainly getting attention early. Yep. Uh, Thibodeau, eyes are going to be on him. But is anybody else popping? Like Pickens seems to have really grabbed the headlines, and he was a second round 52nd overall pick guy. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody else is really popping like, wow, watch this. Look what he's doing in camp. I mean, not to uh, inflame the Red Menace over there and make him pipe up and get lively, but your boy Drake London is getting all kinds of attention. Well, from an injury standpoint? No, 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 from popping. Well, like having a big chance. is that injury, Casey, for your guy? Uh, He's not going to practice all week, but that's all they've said. Will we see him next week, potentially? 
I don't know. All they've said is he's not going to practice all weekend. He's not going to play in the game this week. I hadn't read that it was a serious injury. No, no, it's not. It's yeah. not. But that doesn't mean, that, I mean, like Casey said, they might hold him out mm-hmm. now. Have they seen enough? Do they need yeah. to do anything? Well, Listen, we haven't it... seen Devin Lloyd, and he's just got a hamstring injury. Yeah. So we know how that works. Um, I agree with Steven, though. That could be a fun one on Saturday night because Pickens, we'll see where he's at. I'm yeah. sure they had some great battles in, in practices at Georgia. And also, Tyson Campbell may be emerging as like a stud. Like he might be that guy. He, he has been really good on the practice field. He looked good last year. He is, he's built to like be that guy. And, and he looks the part. And uh, there was a reason why he was picked 33rd overall, we hope. So that's a nice little matchup on Saturday night. I agree with you. I'm kind of curious if the trend is changing on wide receivers, rookie or young wide receivers in that. Years ago, it used to be almost none of these guys would offer a real significant impact until two oh, years yeah. in. And now look at Jalen Waddell. It's, right? it's been a few years now where you have these wide receivers get into the league and immediately make an impact. Maybe not the full season, but you certainly see him pop. Well, we brought up this conversation somewhere in the offseason. I want to say maybe around free agency time, and I think it's a fascinating one. We just saw, and you could see some tweets from some of the national guys, and they'll say uh, collectively the the deals that got done for wide receivers this year are like over like a ridiculous $2 billion dollars or right. something. Like, I don't know what the hell it is, right. but it's something crazy. Yet, there was this discussion, is it worth going to pay a receiver $27 million right now? Or just drafting another one, right? Because there are so many good ones. Yeah, they're all that. It seems like all the athletes are grab. It used to be the running back position, and then it started getting devalued in terms of time in the league and the amount of singular attention. No more three down backs. They're getting less money, and then suddenly this talent shifted. It seems like to tight end and wide receiver. I mean, I gotta believe because of seven on sevens, because of more passing games in high school, more passing games in college, and more elaborate passing games. Like the one thing about the spread. And the college game versus the NFL, even now the NFL is picking up more of the principles and stuff. From a receiver standpoint, you still catch the ball and run routes. Yeah. The quarterback, it's a little different. I mean, the way you operate from a pro style versus the spread and a lot of the colleges, it's different. It's still a big transition. And so that's a question mark. But for a receiver, it sounds like go get catch the ball. Like go run routes and, and see if you can go get it. I, I mean, I think some of those things are – doesn't matter what kind of offense you're running. It's just – the nature of the position. So I think we are seeing the deepest receiving core we've ever seen in the NFL. And I think it makes a lot of sense why. I, I think we've argued this in the past. It's probably the deepest position the NFL has. Because everybody wants to be a receiver, and you need three of them now. And there are a lot of good ones. I realize fantasy isn't real life, but I did see a great stat that kind of illustrates the point you're making. And they were looking at the top point scorers in fantasy last year. Guys who scored over 150 total points. There were something like 21 running backs who did it and 44 wide receivers. There you go. That answers the question. It's it's like fantasy. It's funny. We measure everything with fantasy. If you're going to pick, you're going to go, like Casey will say, I'm going to go get Kelsey or Kittle early because I need one of those top flight tight ends because there's not 15 of them or 25. Well, you don't need to do that with receivers. You can get a receiver in the fifth round that might do just as well as a guy in the second round. That's fair, but there are tiers to that game. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, receivers are deep. Tyson Campbell against uh, Pickens could be a, a lot of fun uh, because Pickens came with a bunch of boomer bust potential. 
kind of liked him, though, man. <laughs> I really liked him. Yeah. But you, could, you like a lot of players. You can't have them all that's in the draft. That's um, and, and that's especially all those Georgia players who are turning out <laughs> to be pretty good, it seems. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.